0: This is Jim Fleming. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you'd like to find out more about Steward Heights or more about our class, or if you'd like to leave us some feedback, you can do so at teachings.jim314.com. Enjoy the lesson. Guess where we're at today? We're in Colossians, yes. We'll be in Colossians for a little while. Uh, so, Colossians chapter 1, if you've got your Bibles, if you'll turn there. We will. And, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to start with saying there is a really good chance that I will not finish today's lesson, and I am not going to rush it. So if we don't finish today, I'm just going to hang over and uh, we'll finish it next week, and that'll be fine, because I just don't want to rush how big Jesus is. So, it just feels like that's wrong to do that. Right, Miss Amy? Yeah, okay. All right, Colossians chapter 1. So the first week we were in Colossians, we looked at one sentence. The second week we were in Colossians, we looked at one sentence. We're going to look at more than one sentence today, so just heads up on that. Uh, but to, in today's text, it starts in verse 9, but I'm going to go back to verse 1 and kind of lead into it. today's text, uh, we first start to look at the, the firstness or the preeminence of Jesus Christ that He has in, uh, in all things. So Colossians 1.1. 1, 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren who in Christ who are in Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints, because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which has come to you as it has in also in all the world, and is bringing forth fruit as it is also among you since the day you heard it and knew the grace of God in truth as you learned from Epaphras our dear fellow servant who is a faithful minister of Christ in your behalf who also declared to us your love in the spirit so we get to 9 through 18 is today's text i'm just going to keep going for this reason we also since the day we heard it so for this reason for the things that we heard do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may walk worthy of the Lord fully pleasing him being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints and the light. Found a period. All right. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence, which is firstness or first place or first priority or first. But it's first. Jesus is first. Nothing else is. Jesus is first. So let's go back to verse 9 and we're going to break these down. Um, it says, For this reason also, since we heard it uh, of their faith in Christ, we do not cease to pray for you and to ask. And it's really to beg or to crave or to desire that you may be filled. Um, and and there's, a lot of, there's a lot of nautical words in the Bible. This is one of them. Uh, this is used two different ways for, for sailing vessels. One, it is the ship has everything it needs to be ready to take off on its journey. So I am not a sailor. I, I wouldn't... I, you come out with me on the water, we're going to miss something, we're going to run into something. We probably won't even take off because I wouldn't have enough to take off, right? It's just... We just sit there and we're in the boat. Wonderful. It's great. I have no idea what it takes to be ready. Uh, Dave Barber took us out. He's taken us out a couple of times on his... Yes, I'm telling that story. Uh, he's taken us out a couple of times on his boat. And Dave is a... Um, this is one of those things where I'm thankful for our really conservative backgrounds in that we know how to follow rules and regulations and checklists and these types of things. Because Dave is a, I want to make sure all 14 items on the pre-launch checklist are completely fulfilled appropriately. Um, when we got on the boat, we immediately surrendered all of our eye devices, lest they fall in the water. Because he had s- a secure, waterproof case that we should put them in, so that you know, if anything should happen, this is that. He gave us a briefing on what to do, uh, should we fall out of the water. We made sure that our life jackets were on appropriately. He did a diagnostic check on the boat to make sure these different things were working. And quite frankly, I felt really comfortable that we were going to be just fine. Um, so we went out on his boat a couple of times, and then Caleb actually asked a couple of years ago, what, what birthday was it, is ninth, eighth or ninth, it feels like, ninth? Uh, a couple of years ago to go out and have a pirate-themed birthday party. Well, I think we can do this. So, we had buried treasure around the house. He had clues that he'd go find. And the last clue was, it was the last one, right? Was a trip on the boat. So, he and his little friends, we get on the boat, we launch out into the Tennessee River, and we're going for a little ways. And I'm sitting on the very back of the boat because it's just kind of comfortable to sit there. And the wind comes and it's nice and whatnot. And, and I'm, man, this thing's got a lot of smoke it's generating here. This is, boy, what is that? Hey Dave, what is that smell? He turned around, Oh, that's not supposed to be happening, all right. And he immediately went into complete calm, marching through his internal checklist of exactly what was supposed to happen. That now I don't the impeller, is that what it was? Yes. Which I still don't know what it does, but it, it did what? The water into cool the engine. It pulls the water into cool the engine. It had stopped working. It was gone. It was gone. So that generates smoke, which generates uh, lack of ability for the Boat to continue to go forward unless you want to burn the boat up. So we stopped the boat. It is smoking. We are drifting on the Tennessee River. And Caleb now believes this was the greatest birthday ever. (laughs) (laughs) Because it was awesome. He got to be a pirate, right? We're pirates. Here we go. Yeah, we're coming. You know, it was just, it was absolutely hilarious. But I became very thankful that somebody knew... All the steps, and we knew exactly what to do, and who to call, and how to manage. And he managed to get this boat right back over to a dock with virtually no power of its own. It was really kind of impressive. Um, Fortunately, we were upstream. We were upstream. Yes, that was that was important. That was important. Yes, Ms. Marty. <laughs> uh, no, Caleb nor Caleb's father are interested in purchasing the boat. All that has been repaired. The boat is for sale at this point, point. Uh, and we will delete this off the podcast should that, in any way, adversely impact the sale of the boat. So, wouldn't want that to hurt. So, it's a part of our college fund. Excellent. So, the the verse. Uh, so that's one meaning for the for the word. Uh, to make sure the boat has everything that it needs to be ready for a voyage. The other is the the literal meaning of the word, which is to cram a net. C-R-A-M is your blank. To cram a net. So, So this would be their fishing, and it's, we've gotten, oh, there's some fish in that net. Oh, no, 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 no. There's not enough. Keep dragging it. Keep dragging it. Keep dragging it. We can fit more in that until this net is about to burst. So Paul prays for them here, and he says, we do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled. Literally, it is crammed full, having everything you need ready for your voyage with the knowledge of his will. Which is interesting because he doesn't start with good works. He starts with the knowledge, which then changes the person and results in good works. So with the knowledge or recognition of his will. So what is, what is God's will? Which is kind of a, feels like a fuzzy question sometimes, doesn't it? Um, the good thing is we have a book that tells us what God's will is. So uh, we've got three different passages that are listed here. 1 Peter 2, 1 Thessalonians 4, and 1 Thessalonians 5. So uh, I need three folks to read these. Ms. Darla's done with her check, so she's beating you all. There um, we go. Josh, which one you got? First Peter. 1 Peter 2, 13 through 16. Other Josh, can you do 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 through 6? Sure. sure. Awesome. That was enthusiastic. Yes. Oh, he's on it. Good. And then, uh, okay. well, you do First Thessalonians five eighteen. All right, Josh, you're up. Ready? First, Josh is up. Sorry.
1: First uh, Peter two, thirteen.
0: Yes. So, submit
1: yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a king as the one in authority, or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers, in the praise of those who do right. For such is the will of God that Whoop!
0: Time out. Because we think the will of God is the job that I pick, or the person that I marry, or the whatever that's about me. But go back and read those first two verses again in that passage.
1: Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution.
0: You <clears throat> that doesn't sound very American.
1: American. <laughs> Whether
0: right. I mean, king, what, what part of submit myself to every institution feels like, absolutely, this is God's will for my life? That's what it says it is. All right, keep going. Sorry. Whether kings.
1: Whether to a king as the one in authority or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. For such is the will of God that by doing right you may silence the ignorance of foolish men, act as free men, oh, sorry, period, Act as free men and do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as bond slaves of God.
0: Hmm. So we, part of the will of God for our lives is obedience to the authorities that are around us. Okay. All right. Josh, what is, Josh number two, um, what does your text say as far as the will of God is? It says 1 Thessalonians 4, 3, 5, uh, 3, 4, 5, and 6. I got 4, 3, 5. Yes. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality. Why would you give me this one? Uh, I, it was totally random. Sorry.
1: Because I'm from San Francisco?
0: Because you're from San Francisco? That has nothing to do with where you're from. It does not. It really doesn't. Not cold, James. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the heathen who
0: you do not know God. So submitting to authority and having yourself under control. Okay, God's will. Does it sound like the job that I pick? Does it sound like the person that I marry? Does it sound it doesn't really. It sounds like my behavior. It sounds like my relationship with those in authority. It sounds like how that I comport myself so that God is praised in our actions. And then we have 1 Thessalonians 5:18. Which, if you have problems with the first two texts, I think you just kind of come to this one and it helps out. So.
1: Yes. Yeah. And everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you.
0: Yeah, but what if I don't like the first two passages? What does it say? In everything it, give thanks. It didn't change, did it? No. None. No. Yeah. Okay, so the will of God. Uh, the blank there, there's a lot of different ways to translate the word will, and your Bibles may have used a couple of these, but determination or choice or inclination or desire... The, the word that I've got is your blank is pleasure. What is God's pleasure for your life? What is God's pleasure for the universe? What is God's pleasure for all things? That is His will. Which is amazing because He's going to have His way. Right? Ultimately, He is going to have His way. So, that you may be crammed full with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So I'm going to kind of lump that wisdom and spiritual understanding together. Um, This is the image of somebody who can skillfully, here's your blank, live out the supernatural connections that they see. So this spiritual understanding, the spiritual is supernatural, the understanding is putting things together, wisdom is skillful living. So this is the idea that there are things that we can't see that are at play. Would you agree? Yes. So recognizing that there are things that we can't see that are at play, how does that change and impact my life, and how do I behave accordingly? Does that make sense? So this is what he's praying, that they would be crammed full of knowledge so that they could have these things. That verse 10, that you may walk or live worthy of the Lord. So worthy. Anybody have a different word than worthy in your text? Different words than worthy? In verse 10? Nothing. So if this were written in the Old Testament, the Old Testament would have said that it was not vain. And the idea of vanity in the Old Testament is emptiness. It's something that has no substance, no value, no no weight, no significance. It's very, very empty. Um, The one of the things that I did from September to January of last year when focusing on uh, dropping some weight was I, I read several things that said, don't drink your calories. You've heard this before? Yes. Uh, because it's empty. It doesn't help you. It doesn't really help you feel full. You just kind of get all the calories and the bad, but you don't get any really satisfaction. Well, that's, th- there's no substance there. There's no weight there. Um, this word, <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> This word is the Old Testament concept of the opposite of the Old Testament concept of vanity or emptiness. So, if you put these two ideas together of walking worthy, it's the idea that our lives have some sort of substance and weight to them. It's not just I'm being tossed around with. There's no substance. There's no significance. There's no. Way. There's some significance to what I'm doing, to who I am, how I'm interacting, and I think it goes back to fulfilling the will of God in our lives. Because if I'm submitting myself to authority and controlling my passion and giving thanks, then this life has more significance, has more weight. Does this make sense? So all this stuff is connected here. He's he's drawing things together. So walk worthy uh, of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being, what's the word? Fruitful. Uh, Dr. Constable says the Christian can continue to grow in his knowledge of God's will revealed in Scripture as he does so, he not only bears fruit, but grows in his ability to bear fruit as a fruit tree does. And, and this was something I don't know that i thought about before, but uh, we had an apple tree, had two apple trees that my dad planted in my yard growing up. <clears throat> we probably planted them when I was, I don't know, I want to say nine or ten years old, something like that. And the first year that, and, and they were maybe this tall when he planted them. In the first summer, I'd go outside about every day, and look at the tree. waiting for an apple and dad eventually saw me do this and he said i don't think you need to check it every day i think you can probably ease up on your frequency there he said i really don't think you need to check it this summer because it's going to take a little while it's not going to give apples that quickly so came back the next summer and no apples came back the next summer kind of sort of started to look like an apple but it, it it wasn't an apple it wasn't certainly anything that you'd want to eat. The next summer, it was about half the size of something that you'd think, yep, I think I'm ready. The summer after that, right before we left, yeah, we put all this hours and hours into staring at this tree, right? <laughs> like I had something to do with this growth or fruit production. Uh, but so excited about eating an apple. And the first one that I ate, it was not pleasant. It was not pleasant at all. It was subst- substantially less than pleasant, believe it or not. And I, I think I may have actually kind of spit it out of my mouth because it was so sour. It didn't have a good flavor. It didn't have a good taste because the tree wasn't mature. The tree wasn't doing everything that it could do and taking everything around it and, doing, and generating fruit like it should. Now, I went back to that house about seven or eight years later. Apples hanging everywhere. I was like, what is this? Pulled one off, rubbed it off. Oh, that was fantastic. But the thing that I didn't realize is that not only did the tree need to mature, but while the tree was maturing, the tree increased in its own ability to produce more good fruit. The good stuff doesn't happen immediately. It takes a little bit of time. And over that time, we develop the more ability to develop more fruit. So don't rush your growth. It takes time. Be okay with being a sour apple for maybe one season, but... Not your whole life. Don't stay there your whole life, because that just looks weird. Because if we'd have tolerated that tree in a very small, unproductive state for 30 years, well, what would that have said about the owner? That would have said a lot about the owner. So it grows in its ability to, to bear fruit in every good or beneficial work, in every good work, and increasing or growing or enlarging in the knowledge. And this is the same word back in Colossians 1, nine, in the knowledge of God. Uh, Calvin says we must always make progress until death he always has a very morbid way of putting things but um, you, you got to grow till you die right? you're going to grow till you die that's just kind of the way that works so verse 11 so this is all still this first sentence of this text strengthened or enabled with all might um, Matt I have heard you talk about this word before it's a Greek word The word for power. At some point in the past, I've heard you talk about this. Dunamis, remember this word? This dynamic power, this like dynamite power, and that's the word here. Strengthened with all dynamite, which is kind of cool. I'm not uh, an incredibly strong person. Uh, I was extremely, extremely small when I was in high school. I remember distinctly hitting the weight room as a freshman in high school, and the first time that I was able to bench press the bar <laughs> three times and thinking, I have arrived. <laughs> this is fantastic. 61115. <laughs> oh, yeah. I did not misspeak. Those were the real numbers. Uh, it was awful. It was atrocious, but I had very little strength. There was just not a lot going on there. Uh, and I looked at my buddies and my buddies are doing, you know, 200, 220. There's, there's some big boys that I play basketball with. And they could, uh, there, there was one where you laid down on your back and you pushed weight up with your legs. That's called a leg press, is that what that is? Yeah. It was obscene amount. I mean, they'd put like all the weight on it. And, like, just bring it all over. What are you about to, you're gonna get hurt, man. What are you, what are you doing here? And just, just as many times as you wanted to do it, I'm thinking, I can't do that. That's not going to work. Because I didn't have the strength that they had. But Paul is praying for dynamite-type power. If he put dynamite in my arms or dynamite in my legs, I bet I could take care of those weights. That wouldn't be a problem. whole different level of strength, whole different level of power here. So this dynamite-type strength, strengthened with all dynamite according to his glorious or his uh, honoring or his worshipful power, for all patience and long-suffering. So patience. Anybody have a different word for patience? That first word before long-suffering? You may not. Patience is a pretty common translation for this word. Um, and, and a lot of people, Wiersbe says, we're, we must not think of patience as complacency. Uh, patience is endurance in action. It is not the Christian sitting in a rocking chair waiting for God to do something. It is the soldier on the battlefield keeping on when the going is tough. It is the runner on the racetrack refusing to stop because he wants to win the race. Um, It is pushing through. Uh, Think back for just a second to when all the animals of every kind and whatnot got on the ark. All the animals got on the ark. Now, did all the animals have the same leg length? No. No. So, did it take some of them longer than others? Spurgeon's got a great quote on this, a great quote on this. He says, um, "By perseverance, by perseverance, the snail reached the ark."
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the snail had to start earlier than probably most other creeping things to get there, but he got there. Cool, the slug, right? I mean, just these things that took maybe days to get to the ark, so that they were where they needed to be. Um, But they didn't quit, so now we have a snail. Woo! Yay, snails, right? Be a snail. Don't quit. It's always too early to quit. It's always too early to quit. So we've got this patience and Um, long-suffering. Long-suffering is its kind of like the next level of patience. But the the part that makes this, I think, more difficult than others is the last part of verse eleven. It's not just patience. It's not just long suffering. It's patience and long suffering with dourness, right? With a dour face and a scowl, so that everyone can see how pious you are, and you're angry at the world and bitter at God. Is that? That's not your translation, is it? What's your translation? With joy. with exceeding joyfulness, with calm delight, with gladness, with cheerfulness. So how do we endure? How do we stay patient? How do we suffer long? Do we suffer long and let everybody know we're suffering long? I'll raise my hand. Typically let everybody know I'm suffering long. You would not believe what they did. I mean, can I tell you what they did? And I'm having to put up with what they did. Do you believe this? This is crazy. That is certainly not suffering long with joy. So combining these things. And this is what Paul is praying for. So how often do we, let's just back up to verse 9 again. How often do we pray for others to be filled with the knowledge of his will, for others to know his wisdom and have have wisdom and spiritual understanding, for others to walk worthy of the Lord, for others to be fruitful, for others to increase in knowledge of God, for others to be strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, for others to have patience, for others to have long-suffering, for others to have joy in all of those things. This is, I, I just, that's a hard one. I pray some, some, some of these things for me sometimes, but I certainly don't remember to pray for all of these things for all of you all the time. So th- this has been a, a, a passage that has beaten me up this past week, um, Reminding me of other options to pray for people. So, so verse 12, giving thanks. So this is Paul speaking again, Paul and Timothy speaking, giving thanks to the Father. Remember, we saw this in week, uh, was it week one or two when we talked about giving thanks, not saying thank you, Josh, for something that you did. It's thank you, God, for what you are working in Josh's life. So it's, it's thanks go up, thanking God, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us. You may have a different word for qualified in your text? This is a really fun word, maybe my favorite word of the whole passage, until we get to the Jesus part in 15, and then it gets like crazy. So. You have a different, what's that? Enabled. Enabled is a good one. To have a share. To have a share, that's good. You might be looking at the next phrase for the partaker's part, qualified. So, so let's talk about qualified for just a second. Um, When is the next Olympics? Anybody know? 2016. And where's it going to be? Rio. In Rio. That sounds like a fun place to go, doesn't it? It sounds like you think it's a fun place to go too, right? Yeah. Yeah, so you... you... her passport's full. Her passport's full. That's good. Uh, You're the pilot, so you better get over that. I'm not going. You're not going? Okay. So um, I'm trying to think of something I'm halfway decent. I'm not too bad at basketball. I want to play basketball in the Olympics in 2016. I declare it. Dibs, shotgun on the bus. I call it. Name it, claim it, right? I want to play. Are they going to let me play? Why are they not going to let me play? Back to that wayward problem? Back to that wayward problem? <laughs> what was that? You are I am out of shape, yes. Probably because I couldn't run down and touch that speaker and run back without, you know, bending over and, Yeah. It'd be ugly. I'm out of shape, but 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 I just I want to go do that. Why am I not qualified? I hadn't been trained. I hadn't I hadn't been training. I'm not in shape. I'm not ready. But all those things. Let let's pretend that I'm the best basketball player that you've ever met. There's an process you have to go there is, isn't there? Yes. I don't get to just walk up to Mike Krzyzewski and say, Coach K, I want to be on the team. He goes, Oh, absolutely. You're there, man. No problem. <laughs> I've heard about your Sunday school teaching skills. You're on the team, no problem. That does not, he'd probably be like, what? Actually, he'd be like, what? Because he's a really short guy. Um, But he knows basketball. But I'm not going to get on the team because I'm not qualified. There's a qualification process. You get, you actually, to be on the, the, the U.S. men's Olympic basketball team, it's by invite only to even try out. So your fame has to be at a certain level that they know about you, right? So you have to be famous enough, and then you get invited, and then you have to pass whatever hurdles to be better than, like, whoever LeBron's sub is. (laughs) Not going to happen, right? So what does the text say about qualified? I qualified on my own, right? What happened? Who qualified me? The father qualified me. Now, how cool is that? I can't make the team, but He qualified me. It's beautiful. It's absolutely I, What do you do with that? You just say, "Praise God for that. Thank you God for qualifying me, who is not capable of doing this work in this way. But he says, "You know what? You're qualified." Yes. This is great news. This is fantastic news that we are qualified. So he qualified us to do what? To be partakers of the inheritance or the portion or the lot of the saints in the light. So I get to participate. Verse 13. He has delivered us or rescued us from the power of darkness. So does anybody have a different word for darkness there? I'm going to read you the definition from Strong's word for word here. Okay. These is your three words that are in your blank. Shadiness that obscures. Shadiness that obscures. Now, on a bright, hot day outside, I like to find some shade because I'm not interested in just sitting out and sweating. That's the least of my... If you ranked all the things that I want to do in my life, that's going to be toward the bottom is sweating outside. Not interested. I want some, I want some shade. But, um, but there's a shade that obscures. There's a shade that is so far dark that it impacts everything else, and this is what this kind of darkness is. So he's, he's rescued us out of the darkness, the shadiness that obscures, and conveyed us into the kingdom. There's another word for this, for this word conveyed. Your blank is translated. Um, it's, a, it's actually a math term now. It wasn't a math term then, so I'll tell you what the math term is now. Can you help me out for just a sec? Can you help me out for just a sec? Yeah. <clears throat> I think you, you two can do this. Need to, you can stand on either side. So... You're going to pick me up, and you're going to take me over there. Ready? That's what translated means. What did I do? Yeah, I I just got moved, right? (laughs) Did I exert any effort? No. No. Who did the work? They did the work. They translated me from one spot to another spot, which is awesome. Because, again, salvation is not about my effort. Salvation is not about my ability. Salvation is not about my ability to qualify or to be good. Thank you very much, guys. They're staring at me like, what do you want next? Got them and fired up now, right? Uh, what branch of the service did you serve in? Green What branch of the service did you serve in? Green I was pretty sure they were up to the task. So, No, no slap on Doug there at all. No slap on Doug. Just... Uh, I appreciate that. I may have to edit that out. He'll get offended. Doug, I love you, man. I love you. But i got two Marines staring at me in the face here, so i got to go with them right now. So he, he delivered us. He rescued us from the power of darkness and conveyed or translated us into the kingdom of the Son of his love in whom we have ransom, deliverance, redemption. Through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. So we're going to stop there and pick the rest of this up next week because I just can't rush through 15 through 18. I mean, 15 through 18 is... <sighs> um, Dwayne Alsbury sends me emails sometimes of articles that he reads, and the ones that are really, really good, he titles choice. He's like, this is choice. Like the meat that you go and get at like a really fancy restaurant, that kind of thing. 15 through 18 is choice. This is good. We're not going to rush that. So I'm even going to skip the application. I'm going to skip the... Uh, personalization. We're just going to stop right there, and we'll pick up again next week. So, um, Colossians. It is good. It is good. It is going to get much better. Albert, I didn't even get a chance to use the quote that I sent you last night. So it's in the handout. It's on the back side. You seen it? Yeah. You have to read it like forty-seven times to understand what's going on. But Colossians. It's good stuff. So that's chapter one, half of chapter one, almost at this point. So we'll be back next week to do some more. But your prayer requests are at the middle of the table. So if you'll lean in, uh, engage with those. Write down any new ones that you've got. Uh, let's make sure we keep uh, the young lady who came and spoke to us. I'm missing her name. Oh, no. Allie. Allie Horn. Thank you very much. Uh, on our prayer list as she's traveling from the 1st through the end of July. Uh, and we'll be dismissed after you pray at your tables. Thanks for coming today, guys. And we don't have to put the chairs up today. So we're good. Thanks. <laughs>